All right, wrestling fans, it is Wednesday, which means it is time for Pro Wrestling America. This week, we start our loop around the territory again in the Target Center in Minneapolis. <clears throat> Eleven matches on the card tonight, including our two newest additions to the PWA, Bubble Ray Dudley and Ladies Choice. Not facing each other again, but in singles matches as well. We also have Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert and Raven going up against Rough and Ready. Television title match. Dirty Dutch Mantel putting up the television title against Brickhouse Brown, leaving the PWA. You've got the American Tag Team Champions, Chris Candido and Rick Rude, facing off against Gentleman Chris Adams and Honky Tonk Man. And then the main event tonight, The Undertaker defending the World Heavyweight title against the newly crowned number one contender, Savannah Jack. That's all coming up in this one. We're going to start it off at the very beginning of the card with our first match, Nightmare Danny Davis facing off against Lady's Choice. And this was a fairly quick match as Lady Choice wins it with the one-night stand in a time of 4 minutes, 37 seconds. The next match was a bit of a better draw as you had Bubble Ray Dudley facing off against Jason Kincaid, the former television champion and the newcomer, battling it out in two dramatically different styles. And Bubble Ray gets the win with a power slam in a time of 7 minutes 55 seconds. But I would not doubt that these two are back in the ring again with each other. That was such a great match. Next, we have Iron Mike Sharp facing off against Nightmare Ken Wayne. Wayne has had his issues in the Illinois State Heavyweight title, and again, he has issues with Iron Mike Sharp, as Sharp wins with the clothesline with the loaded armband in a time of 3 minutes, 46 seconds. And now we have one of the great matches I remember from Memphis Wrestling, the first time They'd ever had the world heavyweight title for either the NWA or the AWA change hands in the Mid-South Coliseum. You had Jerry Lawler defeating Kurt Henning. And we have Kurt Henning and Jerry Lawler facing off with each other, but this time it is Kurt Henning winning with the Henning Plex in a time of 10 minutes, 24 seconds. And this match was a classic like all others between the two of them, because these two guys knew how to wrestle. They knew each other as well. And this is definitely bumping Kurt Henning up to a more likable standing in the world heavyweight title division, especially since I don't see Savannah Jack lasting that long as the number one contender if he doesn't win the title tonight. All right, your next match, tag team. Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert and Raven with Missy Hyatt going up against Rough and Ready. And this was not even close. I mean, truly, this match could have been over 10 minutes before it was. But Gilbert and Raven just kept toying with Rough and Ready individually because they would battle up and brawl up with one, get him almost to the point of being beaten, force him to tag the other one in, and they would do the same thing to him. Both of them were brutalized at least twice before finally Raven hits the even flow on Ruff to get the pin in a time of 11 minutes, 23 seconds. This was not a match to show that 
people were ready for a title shot or anything. This was simply to make a statement by Eddie Gilbert and Raven that they were wanting to show their hardcoreness and their true dominance of the tag team division. Now, granted, there are plenty of other tag teams that will take up the charge there, but this was nothing more than just, this is what we can do, and we can do it to anybody at any time, as Gilbert would say later on. Next match, you have Terry Funk facing off against Eric Embry. A great match between these two, as I would think that Eric Embry, especially in his world-class days, would have had had they fought each other. But if it were uh, Jim Crockett, no, absolutely not. Funk would have just crushed him, and they would have just used it as a squash match. But in this match, no, you had both of them battling very well against each other in this feud between the strong army with Eric Embry and the guns for hire with Terry Funk. But eventually, Funk does win in a time of 8 minutes and 3 seconds with a pile driver. Now we get to the first of the three title matches for the night. Dirty Dutch Mantel defending his television title against Brickhouse Brown and his career in the PWA. Okay, not necessarily his career, but if Brickhouse Brown does not win this match, he must leave the PWA for a period of one year. So he would not even be able to resign with the PWA until September of 2022 if he loses this match. And this match gets off to a good start. But eventually, Iceman King Parsons comes down and trips Brickhouse behind the referee's back, actually pulls Brickhouse out and starts brawling with him up the aisle. And eventually, Dirty Dutch Mantel wins the match by countout in a time of 8 minutes, 33 seconds, as David Manning turns around from talking to Dutch Mantel, and he has absolutely no clue where Brickhouse is, because he and Iceman have spilled into the crowd, and Manning can't find them. So he just does the 10 count and declares the match over. Your winner and still television champion, Dirty Dutch Mantel, Brickhouse Brown gets to say goodbye for at least a year, before he can even be considered for another contract. All right, next match, Buzz Sawyer facing off against Steve Carino. Two guys who are really trying to establish themselves to get an American heavyweight title shot. And it is Carino who wins by countout after slamming Buzz's head into the ring post in a time of 7 minutes, 22 seconds. We go back to the feud between the Strong Army and the Guns for Hire as you have the Armstrong brothers facing off against Billy Gunn and Jimmy Golden, the originators of this feud. And it is the Armstrongs winning by disqualification when Bart Gunn becomes involved in a time of 3 minutes, 24 seconds. Now, all, all of this does go into two different directions for this match. The Armstrongs get the win, so they get a little bit closer to a number one contendership for either the American or the World Tag Team Champions. And it also kind of puts a death knell in the tag team of Billy Gunn and Jimmy Golden. Not that there's anything going wrong with them splitting them up, but I would rather have Billy Gunn teaming with Bart Gunn than with Jimmy Golden. 
And we can have Jimmy Golden and Terry Funk tag team. There's lots of things going on with the Guns for Hire that we could have, including Jimmy Golden in a tag team role. But I'm wanting to taper off the time of him and Billy Gunn as a tag team. All right, speaking of tag teams, we have the American tag team title match next. Chris Candido and Ravishing Rick Rude defending the titles against Chris Adams and Honky Tonk Man. And this 45-minute time limit match almost went the entire time limit. I mean, this was an absolutely awesome match. All four technical wrestlers showing off their technique and showing off how each one of them is completely amazing in the ring. But eventually it is Rick Rude getting the win over Honky Tonk Man with the Rude Awakening in a time of 44 minutes and 19 seconds. Now this was an awesome match. This was one where I would love to have seen this match happen. But again, you have three of the guys battling in one era. Chris Candido is a fan of that era coming in a little bit later and doesn't have that opportunity. But this was a great match between these four guys. Your winners and still American Tag Team Champions, Chris Candido and Ravishing Rick Rude. Now we're up to the main event. World Heavyweight Title Match. Undertaker defending the title against the man who won the Lethal Lottery Battle Royal, Savannah Jack. Now why? Why would I do this when you had so many others who could have won that match and been a better suited opponent for The Undertaker? A better suited number one contender. It's real simple. I have plans for The Undertaker to leave when his contract is up in October. I also want to have Savannah Jack run his gauntlet without having to find a replacement for The Undertaker. So... We have this match set up. Undertaker defending the world heavyweight title against Savannah Jack. And Savannah Jack wins the match in a time of 5 minutes, 33 seconds. After Terry Funk comes down to the ring and distracts the Undertaker. Terry Funk being the last person eliminated. The one who Savannah Jack eliminated to be able to win the match comes down after his match with Eric Embry and draws The Undertaker out of the ring. Whereas The Undertaker definitely sees Terry Funk as a much better contender material than Savannah Jack. So Undertaker just up and leaves. Terry Funk is in the aisleway challenging Undertaker. Undertaker leaves on the other side of the ring, grabs the world heavyweight title belt, and walks out to brawl with Funk in the aisle. It's like, what the heck was with that? Undertaker just showing his complete lack of respect for Savannah Jack as his opponent. So Savannah Jack gets the win over Undertaker, continuing his gauntlet. But again, he's not happy. And he grabs the microphone and demands that he have a rematch because he wants a real match with The Undertaker, not one where The Undertaker just up and leaves when he's bored. And quite honestly, the match wouldn't have lasted much longer. If Terry Funk hadn't come down to the ring, 
Undertaker would have gotten the tombstone or the last ride on Savannah Jack and have pinned him to keep the title. But he's okay to accept the loss in this one because, honestly, he really doesn't care. He saw what has happened to Stone Cold Steve Austin, and knowing that he would have similar reaction from me, he's taking his world title and he's leaving. Now, does he do that with St- like Sting did and leave to go off to a different one with the world heavyweight title? That's what you're going to have to find out. But right now, Savannah Jack wins, but The Undertaker is still your world heavyweight champion. Now again, what is the deal with The Undertaker? What is the deal with bringing out some of these heavy hitters like Sting and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Undertaker? All three of them in my top five, I might add. But I also enjoy a lot of the mid-carters, the guys who got overlooked by the promoters of their time. And so I'm wanting to make a little space so we have more guys like Eric Embry, like Dirty Dutch Mantell, like Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, like Iron Mike Sharp, like the Armstrong Brothers, like Billy Gunn, like Chris Candido. I mean, yes, Rick Rude was world heavyweight champion a couple of times over. And some of these guys just allowing them to have that opportunity. And again, I'm looking again over the roster and may have to make some more cuts because I'm working with a point system where depending on where they fall in the PWI rankings over the years as an average by the way of the number of times they appear and their rankings and you have guys like Sting, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Undertaker that have always been in the top 50 so are all high salary high profile people that I want to have a few others come in because I would love to have a world heavyweight title match where you have Cactus Jack facing off against Stan Hansen. Two guys on the top of my list for being able to be brought in. But I have to get rid of guys first. And I'm even thinking of having and going through the roster and seeing, okay, how many guys do I actually have? Which I think is right around 40 wrestlers on the PWA roster. And I'm starting a little sidebar rant, which I apologize for, but These are some things going through my mind as for the future of the PWA, which I said would be in here as background for these not just results of matches that I've dreamed up. But, you know, do I drop the salary cap that I have and draw more wrestlers out and drop them and just have fewer and fewer wrestlers that I can work with? I mean, that's good, but again... I want to be able to have something like the Illinois Heavyweight Deadly Dozen Tournament where you have guys like Nightmare Ken Wayne and guys like Rick Rude. You know, opposite ends of the spectrum, obviously, but having lots of opportunities for guys to have title shots, title reigns, things like that. Because I do enjoy having the guys who were kind of overlooked. Because I do believe, like most people, that the Honky Tonk Man was the greatest intercontinental champion ever. Now granted, a lot of the guys I have mentioned have also held the intercontinental title as well. But there's just something flamboyant about Wayne Ferris and his Honky Tonk Man persona. That even still today in 20, at least 2019, he was still actively wrestling in places. So 
know, he is still a hot commodity in the wrestling world, albeit on the independent circuit. Anyway, enough of my ramblings. This is Southern Dynamite, the promoter of Pro Wrestling America, giving you the insights into what's going on in the PWA, not just the match results, but also ideas of what might happen in the future as I continue to work with the great group of wrestlers I have picked to be in this fantasy wrestling league, to be part of the entertainment portion of the Wrestling With Theology podcast, to give us that pro wrestling side that I had started off with to begin with, but also encouraging you to look at the theological side, to look into the confessional corner to see what Lutherans believe he should confess, to dig deeper into the Psalms to see what the scriptures have to say, and have those moments where you can meditate upon God's word as we continue on through the passion of our Lord, getting into eventually the current series that is going on the radio right now in the book of Genesis, especially the first 11 chapters. So I encourage you to be here for all of those, that you may be uplifted in your spirit, your faith may be strengthened, and that God may be honored above all. Again, this is Southern Dynamite thanking you for being here for Pro Wrestling America. We'll see you next time.